Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. His passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. In the next segment, actually, I have a special guest that's going to be joining us from Japan, arranged by our dear friend, Brian Lamar, who used to be the public affairs uh, manager over at the CB base, and he's doing a similar role over in Japan now. He lives in Okinawa, and uh, so look forward to that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having that conversation. Now, let's get back to my friend, Jeff Duncan, and and uh, so let's start with, boy, Jeff, the buzz, uh, the buzz in the city, the buzz in podcast the buzz and media world it's not so good for the saints right now is it no very disappointing loss uh really surprising ricky i mean i i just that's one game that i was completely wrong about <laughs> i thought the saints would win that game easily i underestimated baker mayfield i underestimated the bucks and i overestimated the saints uh performance i just felt like after the way they lost that game in green bay uh, coming back home, getting Alvin Kamara back, the home crowd being energized against a division rival. I thought the Saints would put their best foot forward, and it was the exact opposite. They just kind of laid an egg. Uh, listening to Dennis Allen this week, it sounds like they're almost just wiping that one off the map and not going to put too much into it. Uh, you know, it, it feels like they 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 feel like they just kind of did not play well. Uh, I know they're obviously going to focus on some of the offensive. Uh, inefficiencies, but uh, it felt like this week they've turned the page very quickly because they know they have to prepare for a, a big-time opponent in the New England Patriots this week on the road. going to be a difficult environment, so uh, a lot to rehash in that game, but not very much of it was good. If you read between the lines on what Alvin Kamara said this week about him getting with <clears throat> with Michael Thomas and Carr and the conversations that are happening. Um, you know, I just get the feeling that they're not aligned. And um, is that due to a lack of creativity in the play call and a lack of leadership on the, on the part of the offensive coordinator? You know, they don't, maybe they don't feel like they're being heard. Um, that's, that's a subtext that's, that's our sub story to all of this. That's something we're going to have to watch, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and I'm always careful to kind of read, try to read between the lines on stuff like that. Uh, I know Pete Carmichael, one of the strengths he has as a uh, offense coordinator has been always his communication skills and his, uh, you know, trying to put players in position to be successful. He learned that from Sean Payton. It's just not being executed right now. And the problem, I think, is everyone's trying to look and this is what happens in my experience over the years, Ricky, is everyone looks for like the one smoking gun problem, right? You know, it's the play caller or it's the quarterback or, you know, and it's, it's never that easy. It's, it's a lot of different things. The offensive line's not playing that well. Carr is not playing that well. Yes, Pete Carmichael's play calling could get better. They could be a little more, uh, you know, diverse in some of the things they're doing, a little more advanced. But it's not just that. And that's why Dennis Allen came out this week and said, look, we've got a lot of things we've got to get better at. Everyone's on, on alert out there. Trust me. If mm -hmm. it doesn't get better, 
I think there will be some changes, but it's not as simple as we get a new play caller in here and everything's going to going to be fixed. It's it's just not that simple. Well, you know, let's re- let's remember Peyton laid an egg or two along the way. <laughs> yeah, everyone does, you know. But I will say this: after watching the game a couple of times, I mean, Derek Carr did not play well. He didn't play as well as he has been playing. So I'm just starting to wonder how much that shoulder did affect him, how much that shoulder affected the play calling because they knew he was limited. And then that goes back to the question of should he have even started, right? Should they have gone with that decision? It goes above the play caller, goes above the quarterback into the what's the ultimate decision maker's uh, you know, vision here because when you watch that game, uh, Derek Carr had guys open. He didn't attempt to throw to. Uh, everything was short. Tampa Bay knew that. And there just was not an answer from the Saints' offensive side of things. And the defense did not play very well either. Some of their best players, Marshawn Lattimore, Pete Werner, uh, Demario Davis, did not have particularly good games. And they can't afford that when their offense is struggling. Their defense has to be lights out. And for them to allow Baker Mayfield to have the game he had uh, really is disappointing when you consider they were pretty healthy on that side of the ball except for a couple secondary spots. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch this week. Um, there's certainly going to be a fire in their eyes going into this game. That is for sure. Um, you can tell there's a lot of leadership emerging. You know, I, I was taught earlier in my life that you should assume authority where authority is lacking. So, you know, there, this team is not lacking of of men with with character, men who want to lead, who want to lead by example. You're you're beginning to see some of that. So this could be a turning point. I mean, it could be it could either go in a good direction as a result of all this, and it, we've seen that that is very possible. Or, or you could begin to get division on the team, and that would t- be a terrible thing. So, you know, it's four games, buddy. You just can't. And we had an injured quarterback, so we can't we can't draw any lines at this point about any of that, can we? Well, I mean, you basically just stole my column angle for the weekend because that's what I'm writing about. Is how this, even though it's only week four. I think because of what happened last year, Ricky, the fact that the team was disappointing seven and 10 a year ago, they bring in Derek Carr, they make a lot of changes. If you remember, and I alluded to this on our podcast the other day, Demario Davis in, in the training camp, cryptically saying, we've got something special here. You know, the league's not ready for what we've got. Remember, remember that, those oh, comments? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they believed they were going to be good, very good, not just, you know, nine and eight good. They thought they were going to have a special season. So I do think they need some validation for what happened this offseason, they being the players, or there could be a crisis of confidence in the building. So I think this is a very big game in that regard. They could still lose the game and I think be okay, but they've got to play well. And they've got to yeah. see some return on the investment they're making. So I do think it's a big game for well, the coaching staff in particular. Jeff, you're close to the situation, and uh, you, you know better than most. You, you first of all, you can't you can't freak out through four games. And mo- unrelated to the Saints, most of the experts on the national level say that defenses have in the first part of the season have an advantage. It takes it takes an offense a little bit of time to get get it all together. 
And, uh, you know, we, we, let's hope that that's where the Saints are headed. Uh, at the end of the day, though, if you look at the kind of passes that Carr threw, 13 passes behind the line of scrimmage to Alvin Kamara and all this stuff that he did, it was he did throw a couple down the field, but it probably hurt like hell. And so they they if you just look where the passes went, it's pretty clear that he, that he was limited. I mean, I mean he was limited. I hope that he's not limited coming up this week. Well, I hope that's what it is. And I said this again earlier. Uh, you know, we don't know. That's the, one of the things I've learned over the years when you're watching a passing attack. It's so complicated. You don't know who was the first read, who's the first option, where is he supposed to go with the ball, why did he not go there, did he check down to Camara? was the play call actually to go to Chris Olave, and he just decided to check it down. We don't know that. Only Derek Carr and the offensive players and staff know. So just because he did that doesn't mean that's what he was supposed to do. Right, so I think right. you, know, you have to really kind of take take a step back and understand that this thing's complicated. We don't know where the ball was supposed to go. Uh, that might have been the design of the of the offensive game plan, yeah. but it might have been what Derek. That's why I, I wrote my column this week saying, you know, Carr's got to play better. He he didn't play well at all in that game. He had guys open. He had Chris Olave open. You know, so like he's got a. I mean, he's being paid almost forty million dollars a year. Uh, there was a lot of expectations on Derek Carr, and he so far he has not played well. And you can make excuses about having a you know new quarterback and uh, you know Mike Thomas coming back. That's baloney, Ricky. I mean, the, the Houston Texans have a new head coach, a new all, entire staff. They have a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud, and they're playing with four backup linemen. So in some cases, backups to backups on the offensive line, and they're scoring 30 points a game. So, you know, it's, it's all relative here. And uh, for a staff that came back intact and for a largely veteran offensive uh, uh, personnel grouping, uh, there shouldn't be this type of struggles. It's not that hard. And we're not seeing the, you know, the as you pointed out, the analytical uh, test that Carr took scored high. He's, he's probably he's supposed to be known for making those reads and being able to check down and all this stuff. We haven't seen that yet. We just hadn't seen. We've seen moments of incredible accuracy and you know big plays and, and this, but you know the game can't come down to one or two big plays. We've got to you know we've got to make do seven, eight, nine minute drives again. We got and as Alvin Kamara said yesterday, we can't kick field goals. We this this league is about scoring touchdowns, and we are terrible in the in the red zone. Bottom line, uh, last in the entire NFL. <laughs> That's how bad they are. So yes, and that was a. Knock on Derek Carr in with the Raiders. That was he came here with that reputation of struggling in the red zone. So I think it's something that they've got to get fixed. You know, I remember Sean Payton used to always talk about when you get to the red zone, that's when really the X's and O's come in. Uh, lots of times you have to design plays. Look, look back at the Super Bowl this past year. Remember the, the the Chiefs Eagles. Remember a couple of the touchdowns that Patrick Mahomes, great as Patrick Mahomes is. Those touchdown passes he threw, the guy was completely wide open because they schemed it up with Andy Reid, found a flaw in John Gannon's defensive system, and X and O'd it. Uh, so that's where you're really where your scheming comes in, and it just hasn't been good enough. And a couple times they've had guys open, and Carr has been locked in on another receiver. So it's got to get better. Jeff, have a great week. We'll see you next week. I can't wait to see the game, and we'll see we'll see you for sure next week. We'll be Hopefully back. Hopefully, it's after a win, Ricky. Yeah, Hopefully it's a win. 
It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, where we celebrate every single day the people who work so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, man, we are in the middle of the seminal event for for Mississippi, uh, the, literally the Super Bowl of events for the car for for the car and auto industry for the entire United States. I mean, this is the top cruising event in the United States, according to USA Today, and cruising the coast. Man, are 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 you not enjoying? This incredible weather. The, I walked outside this morning, took a picture and posted it. The hues of the sky, and then we've got beautiful, cool weather coming tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, we hit another record for cruising the coast. What a what a, an incredible event! We're so lucky to have it. It showcases the twelve cities of coastal Mississippi, and this place is covered up in people who love cars. They're they're smiling. They got shiny cars and the Mississippi Coast tourism economy in full bloom, like I said yesterday on the live remote from Town Green in Biloxi. I actually want to share with Jeff Duncan, who's going to be joining me now, uh, uh, something that happened yesterday, but I'll bring him on in and say good morning to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. How you doing, Jeff? Good morning, Ricky. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. You're right. It, we're finally starting to get inklings of the fall, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. So look, man, so we're at Town Green yesterday. I had the opportunity to visit with Rob Siegler from Cruising the Coast, the mayor of Pascagoula, Jay Willis, and then Fofo Gillage, the, the mayor of Biloxi. They're all doing such great jobs. And looking at the way the way Super Talk is set up in Town Green, we have a motorhome behind us, and it's you know it's, it's painted with Super Talk logos and and it's just a great setup. And for anyone who missed the uh, live remote that we did yesterday, you can go to Super Talk um, Gulf Coast Facebook page, or you can go to your favorite podcast, or you can go to the Ricky Matthews Facebook page. You can go to YouTube. Take a look at it. You'll love the way that it's set up. And, and it's given us an opportunity to sort of brag about Coastal Mississippi to a wide range of people. I actually uh, encouraged people to come by and say hello yesterday, Jeff, and had a number of people that came by and took pictures and it's great to, to interact. I know you know this when you're out and about from either your reporting for uh, Times Picayune and NOLA.com or the book writing that you do. It's great to interact with people who pay attention to what you're doing and got so much great feedback, man. Uh, I had a couple of people that, that I'd never actually met before that, that goes to my church at St. Michael's. That was great to see them. Uh, the folks from Coastal Mississippi Tourism were set up next to us. So that, that great team got to see Jimmy Ladner, the new chairman. Um, and then you know Judy Young, who's the who's the CEO, of Coastal Mississippi, was in the final segment on my show. But one of the people who came up to me yesterday said, "You know, I really enjoy your show. I really enjoy Fridays when Jeff Duncan is there." And he and he, this is what he said. He said um, he's got a new book out now, doesn't he? And of course, I'm thinking about the Saints. And I'm thinking, well, it's actually not new. It's he wrote the definitive book on Sean Payton and and Drew Brees. And he said, "No, no, no, I'm not talking about that. There's another book that he's doing." I can't remember what what is the other book Oh, and it just immediately occurred to me, the book on Steve Gleason that you're collaborating with Steve Gleason to do. I said, of course, Steve Gleason. Yes, yes. Is that book out yet? I can't wait to get it. But it just shows you people pay attention to what we're talking about. And what is the latest on your book? Well, big news. I mean, good timing, Ricky, because we turned in the manuscript. Uh, our deadline was October 2nd. We just turned it in a couple of days ago. 
And uh, so now we're, we're in a phase that comes up where you do revisions and final edits. But, uh, we're, you know, the, the hay's in the barn for the most part, and the release will be in April. Still a ways off. I know it seems like a long way, but in the publishing world, that's right around the corner. So you'll start to see some publicity coming out if you're on social media or, you know, just in general on the media about the book because uh, the publicity arm of, of Penguin Random House is going to start ramping up. And you'll be able to pre-order it, and there'll be lots of opportunities to get the word out about it. But I'm really excited about it. Steve uh, just exhausted himself in this book process. It's, it was amazing to watch, and I think people are really going to be inspired by this book. Jeff, I hope they do a, a documentary on the on the writing process. I mean, that in itself. I mean, the, the writing process in, in, the, in the scheme of his story— and then the scheme of the the book itself, which is less about ALS and more about life and embracing life and what that's all about, the inspiration that comes from that. But that that's a great documentary or even a great movie. Uh, I, I, I think I predict it's going to touch a lot of people, Jeff, and that you're going to be on a significant book tour. And um, it's just going to touch. It's going to touch people. And I know how good a writer you are. And I know from being with you every step of the way through this journey that Steve was, in fact, just like as you pointed out, incredibly invested in this project. Yes. And, uh, you know, he's a terrific writer himself. So collaborating with him and getting to know his writing style and and, uh, you know, working with him and seeing just how invested he is it really did uh, show me how he was able to carve out an eight-year nfl career as an undersized linebacker basically from from college and and became a team captain and a and, and like a pro bowl alternate uh on special teams with really just uh minimal even though he was a terrific athlete uh by relative nfl standards uh you know he was not the greatest athlete but he still played eight years in the league because of this incredible attention to detail and work ethic and will. And I see those same traits that he, he applied those uh, during this book project for over the last, we've worked on it now for two years. So uh, it's, it's a labor of love in a lot of ways, uh, but I think the final product's really going to be uh, extraordinary. And the fact that you guys communicate, he can only, he can only, he's, he's paralyzed. He can only communicate with his eyes through special equipment and, you know, that makes the, the turnaround on editing and the communication that you had. You had to be one of the most patient souls on, on earth. It's not like you could just sit down and say, hey, man, let's just get together and let's have this quick conversation. It's a process. And you guys eventually nailed the process. But I know it wasn't easy. But um, but he, he left nothing to chance through this whole process, did he? No, that's why I was getting at his attention to detail and wanting to make everything uh, just right. Uh, it's, it's some of the traits he learned from his special teams coach, Al Everest, that was the Saints special teams coach during the Jim Hazlitt era and uh, taught him that planning and preparation uh, from basically from Monday through Saturday was what got you ready to play in the game on Sunday. And so Steve's exhaustive work ethic during the week is why he was able to excel. And as he said, maintain poise in the midst of chaos during a game. Uh, he always was poised and I've seen him and in, in the chaos of writing this book, uh, maintain his poise. And uh, look, it, it, it certainly applies to his life right now because it's a chaotic life. And 
one of the more extraordinary things I've seen is just how many close calls he's had uh, with death, uh, even during this book writing process. I mean, he lives a very precarious existence, and now here we are coming up on 13 years since his diagnosis. Pretty remarkable. It really, it really is, man. I can't wait. Well, obviously, as we get closer to the to the launch of the book in April, we'll be talking more about it here on the show. And um, I personally can't wait to read it. Listen, um, I want to congratulate you and your team at NOLA.com and the Times Picayune for your recent launch of the Saints Insider. You've mentioned it on the show before, but it is a, it's a studio set um, uh, conversation by uh, four soon to be five um, Saints Saints beat writers and columnists. And there's uh, there's uh, Zach Zach Ewing, right? Is that his last right. name? Jeff right. is uh, is kind of facilitating the conversation, but it's really really well done and what's uh, what's important is we'll be getting into in just a second as the Saints struggle through four games you guys are, are covering it from every angle and uh, I don't you know I've, I pay a lot of attention to what's being said about the Saints through a number of different podcasts and you guys already hit the ground running I noticed as I mentioned to you this morning your your views are growing rapidly and I predict it will be a really really popular podcast uh, video podcast Podcast in the in the city of New Orleans, but it's um it's a it's an added you know sort of multimedia dimension to what you guys are doing, isn't it? You know, it's funny, Ricky. Is uh, I've learned over over the last decade or so when you and I've been in this business that people consume news in different ways. Everybody is different, and I've learned that from being out of all places. Clancy's, my favorite restaurant in New Orleans. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys, a lot of the staff there that I'm friends with because I'm a regular there. They're huge sports fans. And one thing I've learned in interacting with them is some of them read the newspaper. Some of them only use their phone to go to NOLA.com. Some of them just listen to podcasts. And I didn't really, uh, that's not how I consume news myself. So I wasn't aware of just how popular the podcast format is. And yes, I'm seeing already the interaction with people uh, about the podcast. There's a number of people that that's how they get their news. And so you have to hit, as you know, all these multiple platforms to reach the audience that's now kind of stratified, uh, whereas it used to just be mainly a newspaper audience. And and it's just it's not that way anymore. Well, the team, the Saints are struggling. When we come back after the break, we'll get into Pete Carmichael and this target that he's got on his back. And a column that Jeff wrote that, that Carr has to improve his play. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of murmuring going on inside the Saints organization from from uh, a number of people who are, not, who are concerned about play calling, et cetera. We're going to get into all that when we come back from a break with my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We'll see you after this. Mississippi Media Production.